Welcome to Playdate Podcast. The podcast where we discover music together. We play music and date each other. This is the Playdate Podcast. If you didn't hear the intro, welcome to the show. Welcome. We are so excited this week because we have a very special episode. And we'll tell you more about that soon. But before we do, I just want to say hello. Hi, Dream Angel. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I am fine. Nice. Without I, you. I'm good. Did you get excited? Did I? <laughs> yeah. What? What do you mean? Well, usually when you ask someone how they are and they respond, you wait for them to ask how you are. Because I could have not asked. Okay. Well, okay. Do you want to talk about <laughs> You know what? Let's just get into it. This week is a very special episode because we are covering a song <laughs> that I made. <laughs> okay, this week's song is by Slow Magic featuring Manila Killa, and it's called Closer to You. I am so excited to talk about my own song. But really, it's a special episode. We want to do something special because the new EP just released. And so, what better way to do it than to interview Manila Killa, who you made the song with? Yeah, we have a great interview with Chris from Manila Killa, from, <laughs> like it's a band. He is Manila Killa, and we're going to talk to him pretty soon. But before we do, we've got to take care of some business here. Yes. Um, if you are interested in submitting a song to be on our podcast then you can send your song to or i guess you could submit your song at slowmagic.cool slash podcast yeah any kind of genre or any song please send it and we'll listen and maybe you'll be on the show but how have you been this week well it's monday so i okay like this since we lasted a podcast, it's been a little bit. True. I've been okay. I've been like, you know, working on some personal things. Like I've been working a lot on a quilt. And for some reason, Slow Magic just moved the mic, so it's just really close to my face. But I've been um, just enjoying the last days of summer. Oh, is it already the last days? Seriously, why is the mic so close to me? So our voices are equal. So I, I'll tell you how I've been. Oh, okay. I've I guess been we can go there. Pretty bad. No, I think this year has been tough. Like I've been having a good time working and releasing this music, but I feel like just the 
this year is tough. Like everything is pretty repetitive and like, you know, a lot of the things we used to do are harder to do now, like playing shows, but you know, I've been getting through it, I think. Mm-hmm. I just think that sometimes things like right now, it's like, is anyone kind of look back on 2020 and be like, this was a good year for me? No. Like, are you, is anyone like legally allowed to be like 2020 was a good year? Yeah. Like what if in a few years someone's like, yeah, 2020, that was my year. Like that I, was my peak. Like this is like a really personal thing that's going on in our lives. But like, like my dad's lawnmower keeps breaking, which I just feel like is like a metaphor for 2020. Like at first, like mice chewed through like the wires of it. And he had to get I don't fixed. even know if that was the first thing. And then it he had to before. get the belt. Did it? Did it broke it? two times before. Oh, well, then the belt was broken or something. I don't know anything about any of that, but some I needed a belt of some sort. And then he got it back and one of the tires like was is leaking air. That happened today right after he got it back. So I'm just like that's like a metaphor for like what's going on right now. Like I feel like 2020 is just like destroying things everything even the lawnmower it's like yeah the lawnmower is this year it's it's tough it's true but we hope that lawnmower gets fixed um yeah i don't it's an important part of the the, the family yeah it's, it's like another pet <laughs> it's a deer john yeah, deer. it's a john deer we're not hicks. We sound hickish. We're not that close to the lawnmower. Well, John Deere is from Vermont, so... So that's a fun fact for you. We're locals only. Um, can I tell you what I'm drinking? Sure. I'm drinking coffee. But not only just coffee. I'm drinking the official Slow Magic coffee. Beans. Yes. Can you believe this? I have a coffee, everyone. This is a plug. I've got a new coffee, and it's available now on shop.movingcastle.com. And you can buy a bag of whole beans. These are organic, single origin, from Honduras. Amazing beans. They're so tasty. I'm going to try a sip right now. (laughs) (laughs) Please buy these coffee beans, even if that creeped you out it's just it's too delicious not to um enjoy it (laughs) nice but no we have new merch up on shop.movingcastle.com including coffee and a coffee mug i'm so excited about this me too it's like your dream coming true but do you know the capital of honduras what is it tucusigalpa oh nice i don't think it's from there but that's awesome do you have anything to plug no Fair enough. But do you have anything else to plug? I just released an EP. You can go to closer to you.me to listen to it. And you know what? We're probably going to talk about it more on this episode. But yeah, that's the thing I have to plug. Yes. Well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I have for that. Um, do you want to go to the corner? Yes. Let's go to Dream Angels Fun Fact Corner. Yippee. So, are you ready? I just, I sound like Mario. I don't like that. Well, do you want to redo it? No, I'm good. Okay. So, if you've never listened to this podcast, 
before and you're only here for Manila Killa, then this is the part. Welcome. Yeah, well, welcome. Thanks for listening. And this is the part where I read Slow Magic for facts that I found on the internet. And he tells me his favorite one. So the first one is that space smells like a combination of diesel fuel and barbecue, according to astronauts. The smell is caused by dying stars. Wow. Yes. That is crazy. Because I know last one of your earlier facts was that in space, no one can hear you scream, but they can smell you scream. Yes, sure. Or they'll smell that. I honestly like really like facts about space. That's kind of a theme on here. I don't know if you've noticed that personally, but I always have a bunch of facts about space. I love space. (laughs) And now my second fact, which honestly, I feel like this fact I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but this one is just kind of fight a stereotype that I don't even know if this is still a stereotype, but I feel like it is. A 2012 study revealed that women are better drivers than men. And in fact, 80% of all serious or fatal car crashes are caused by men. And male drivers outnumber females three to one for DUI violations, according to the study, which I think was done by a car insurance company. Nice. And, um, yeah. Take that, sexists. Yeah. Take that. You're wrong. Sexism is bad. Of course. And honestly, women are great drivers. So stop with that. I feel like that is a stereotype that just is so stupid. I feel like, I mean, I haven't heard that stereotype be thrown around for years and years. So if you're still throwing that around, just shut up. I just assume, I haven't heard it either, but I assume people are saying it like (laughs) quietly. I don't know. But anyways. That reminds me, like, I feel like there needs to be more female pilots. I love having female pilots. Like, when we were on tour and we got a female pilot, I always, like, was so, that was, like, the most exciting thing for me. You know what I mean? Like, you hardly see female pilots. If well, you're a young female out there and you are looking for a career because you have no idea, you should become a pilot. We need more female pilots. Wasn't What was the airline that did the first all-female flight? It was something we saw. Oh, I can't remember. Well, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Who was that? I don't know. Was it United? Maybe United because we were on their planes mostly, so. Yeah. Well, shout out to whoever that was. Okay. Anyways, the next fact is that people used to answer the phone by saying ahoy instead of hello. When the public started using the phone back in the 1800s, inventor Alexander Graham Bell thought they should answer a call with ahoy. That's likely why the incredibly elderly Mr. Burns on The Simpsons says, Ahoy, hoy, when he picks up the phone. However, Bell's rival, Thomas Edison, wanted users to answer the phone with hello. And according to the New York Times, by 1880, hello had won out. Wow. And is that where hello came from? I don't know. Well, it sounds like a pirate thing to be like, ahoy, like, matey. Yeah, true. I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. Well, I'm just going to go out and say fact. Hello was invented by that phone guy. <laughs> That's maybe a fact. No one... <laughs> Don't check this. Okay. My next fact is that, and this is the last one, children of identical twins are genetically siblings, not cousins. Cousins, whose p- 
parents are identical twins, share 25% of their DNA instead of the usual 12.5%, while full siblings share 50% of their DNA. Half siblings share 25%. That's why, though children of identical twins are legally cousins, they are genetically the equivalent of half siblings. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, so if you're a twin, you have this much... And okay, let's say your parents, your mom was a twin, and her sister had a child, you guys would be genetically like half siblings because cousins usually share 12.5% of Mm. DNA and you guys would have 25%. So cousins of twins are half siblings? No. (laughs) (laughs) Children of identical twins have the... Are less related? Are more related (laughs) than regular cousins. Math is hard. Okay, here. here no, here. I get it. I get it. Do you? Okay. <laughs> okay, so cousins, you and your cousin share 12.5%. Yeah, I get that. Okay. And if your mom or your dad, one of them was an identical twin, and their twin also had a child, you guys would share 25%. Wow. As opposed to the 12.5%. That was crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I have nothing interesting to say about that one. Yeah, we don't have any twins in our family. Oh. Families. Do you have any twins I don't know about? Well, I had two dogs, sister and brother, and they looked alike. <laughs> Fair. They were twins. Okay, so they're just, okay, so you definitely I have mean, a twin gene. I don't even know if that's like. When dogs give birth to like a litter, are they all twins? Because they all look the same. I don't know. That's the fact for next week. Okay, well, let's go over these facts. And I think we both should choose our favorites, not just me, of course. So what I wrote here, we've got Space Smell, Woman Drivers, Ahoy, and Twins. Mine is the Ahoy. I like that. I like the relating it to Mr. Burns. Yes. I think as gross as it seems, the Space Smell is very interesting. I agree. I mean, I guess it's explosion smell, so that's kind of cool. It's epic. I have like five other space facts I've been saving that I want to say right now, but I won't do it. Well, you can give them some space and next time do that. Yes, you're right. Well, thank you so much for bringing those facts. And if you have a fact, send it to Dream Angel. Okay, so what's one thing you've been into this week? Well, um, something I've been into this week and... Pretty much every week is taking Sunday as a day off from social media, phones, video games, you know, just all that screen stuff. Uh, We do watch some TV, but you know, like, (laughs) yeah, it's mostly a break from, I don't know, it's, it's a nice way to like reset. And I feel like being bored is actually really good sometimes. And I don't know, just cleaning and just not having that social media, I think, which causes so much anxiety for just me. just, like, screens, like... Yeah, screens and, like, phone and... And I feel like we get so bored. Yeah, we get bored, but I think it's good to, like, detox yourself of all that and just, like, be able to just be. And, like, honestly, I feel like it forces us to spend more, like, quality time with each other because we're like, okay, what can we do to, like, get ourselves away from being so bored (laughs) true and one thing that i noticed is like 
time moves slower, which can be good when like time lately has been moving so fast and like you blink and the week is over. So it's nice to have like a slow down day. I would suggest this to anyone who is freaking out or <laughs> depressed or anxious. Like, I think it's really good to like go without your phone. I know it's kind of harder maybe if you live by yourself or something, but I think it's like, it's a valuable thing just to like, maybe, maybe you just choose like Twitter or whatever, <laughs> like just take a break from that and you'll realize that you don't need it as much. So yeah, that's what I've been into this week. Nice. What about you? I've been into this quilt that I've been working on. Nice. And I've just been, yeah, I don't know, like, why I decided to work on a quilt, but I just found myself working on a quilt and it's like kind of close to being done. So I'm, it's for like picnics. I can't wait to sit on it I've, and see the final product. Honestly, like, I've just been working on a quilt where I'm like, I'm not going to focus, I'm making it perfect at all. I'm just going to do it. And honestly, there's a lot of flaws, which kind of stress me out. But I'm just, maybe it's like a metaphor for things. Like I just need to like, and not even with like the actual like patches together, which is usually where I get it. Just like with the quilting and like things, I don't know. I just, it's very stressful for me, but I just need to like let it go. Yeah, like perfectionism is something we both have, I think, but it looks perfect to me. Like I've taken out so many stitches, but I'm trying not to. Everybody listening is like, what are you talking about? And I get that. What's a stitch? Well, <laughs> there's certain, you know, I'm not going to get into it. But, but like, I, I know you've like even been dyeing the fabrics. It's been a long process and it looks so good. And you. you should just realize that it's perfect. I feel like I sound like a grandma though. when I'm like, I quilt. I quilt for fun. No. It's actually not fun. I don't know why I do it. It's, I love it's it. rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to. Go on a picnic soon when, when you finish that. Hopefully it's done in time for picnic season. You know? Yeah. Hey, Dream Angel. Hey. You know what the best beverage in the world is? No, tell me. Water. True. And do you know what the best water in the world is? No. Well, honestly, I think Liquid Death is the best water in the world. What is Liquid Death? Well, it's a canned water company that has sparkling and still water in cans, which is better than plastic for the planet. That's true. And I really am addicted to their sparkling water, and I love the still water when I'm thirsty. Do you know what I like about Liquid Death? What? That they donate a portion of the money that they make to cleaning up the ocean, cleaning plastic out of the ocean. Yeah, this is this is such a good company and we've partnered with them to give you a discount to our listeners. So if you want to help out us as a show and support us, you can go to Liquid Death and use the code SLOWMAGIC at checkout. And while this seems like a very like obvious partnership, I feel like it's worth going into how you found Liquid Death to begin with because you were so excited when you found it, you made me take a picture of you. True, I was uh, just over at the local cider mill, tiny shop over there, <laughs> local, and I saw the can of Liquid Death looking back at me and I was like, that's the coolest beverage I've ever seen. What is it? And I thought maybe it was a beer because these are like such sick cans and they look amazing. But no, it's just water, it's healthy, it's the best beverage you can have. So just go buy some 
and use the code SLOWMAGIC to help us out. Wait, can I tell you one more thing I like about it? Yeah. Well, I like that they make their cans look like alcoholic beverages. So if you're at a party or something and you don't feel like drinking, but you still want to like, you know. Fit in. Fit in or just like. Not feel weird. Yeah, they look. I honestly think every time that you're drinking beer because it looks so much like beer. Yeah, go to Liquid Death and just check out these cans. They're amazing and buy some and help us out. Thanks, Liquid Death. Thank you. So now we are going to listen to this week's song, which is Closer to You by Slow Magic and Manila Killer. Um, I'm Manila Killa. Uh, I'm Chris. It's my real name. 
Uh, I'm a music producer, DJ um, from the Washington, D.C. area. I was born in D.C., flew around a bunch when I was growing up, and somehow ended up in a music career. <laughs> nice. Um, I make, yeah, I produce, I make electronic music, and yeah, it's basically awesome. me in a nutshell. Awesome. Welcome to our podcast. Yes, welcome to the Playdate podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Super excited. So what is one thing that most people wouldn't know about you? I think one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that um, music was, you know, having a career in music was never something I intended to do. It was kind of something I sort of fell into. Um, music was always a hobby to me. I always loved listening to it. I always loved enjoying it. I loved being a fan. And um, yeah, so all of this just kind of fell together when I started deciding to put some of my own music out. And then all of a sudden, here we are on a podcast together. <laughs> nice. What did yeah. you plan to do before? Or like, what did you want to be when you were little? Mm. Oh, man, when I was little, I wanted to be so many different things. I remember my first obsession was with cars, and I wanted to design cars. I used to draw so much as a kid, and I, yeah, I wanted to be a designer um, for cars, and then that kind of switched to me wanting to be a dentist because <laughs> my parents were telling me, you know, like, I have really steady hands, and <laughs> I like to draw so much and use my hands, so why not, you know, try dentistry? And I, I was like, um, sure. I mean, I like never minded going to the dentist when I was younger. And that was another thing. And then, you know, I had a lot of other obsessions. I also wanted to be a basketball player. But because of my height, that seemed to never be a chance. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And then eventually music was just something that, that's something that like worked well for me. And yeah, that's how I ended up here. Awesome. Uh, have you ever like used your artistic like drawing skills in any like Manila stuff or for any? Um, actually, no, I haven't. Um, I I, I kind of stopped drawing like when I entered high school. Mm. Um, that's kind of where yeah I took a couple art classes and then I found out I discovered that you can make music on your laptop and so I just kind of dropped that. Um, but. Uh, more recently, I started to get into drawing again. Um, my girlfriend's an artist, and so she kind of pushed it on me to start drawing again. So I'm starting to dabble in it once again, and then hopefully eventually I'll be able to use some of that in my own uh, in my own artistry. Yeah, like make a shirt or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah, that'd be really sick. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I one time I designed, I came up with a concept for a stage uh, for me, me and Robotaki went on tour a couple years ago and I kind of came up with a concept of the stage and I guess that's where I use my drawing skills. <laughs> that's the only time I remember using my drawing skills for my career. Nice. <laughs> nice. But um, when you were growing up, were you in any bands or anything? Or do you have any like I, other music projects? Yeah. Um, so in middle school, I was in a band trying to rem the name of the band was sound of mercy because we were trying to be super edgy <laughs> um yeah i remember we we didn't I, I didn't really write music in the band though we kind of covered songs i recall one time we entered the 
um, the school I went to is uh, called JIS, uh, Jakarta International School in Indonesia. And we entered this JIS uh, Idol competition where we covered a Taking Back Sunday song. And <laughs> it oh, got nice. us to like the semifinals, but we ended up not winning. Oh my God. Um, and then, awesome. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also uh, joined another band in high school. We, we did covers as well. It was funny because like we were doing ska covers. So like less than Jake and, you know, like bands like that. Um, and then eventually joined another band senior year of high school, did the battle of the bands at my high school. We covered Muse and the Killers and we won. And <laughs> I was stoked about that. Um, but like, I never really had any prior experience in writing music until I started doing my own thing with Manila Killa. Nice. What were you playing in these bands? Um, so in middle school, I was playing guitar and I was also singing. That was uh, before my voice dropped, so I could hit the high notes really oh, nice. well. <laughs> but once my voice dropped and I realized I couldn't hit those high notes anymore, I was um, I played the drums for one band, and then I played um, the keys for the other band. Nice. So I was kind of all around. That's amazing. Like, do you know what Taking Back Sunday's song it was by chance? Yeah, Cute Without the E. Uh, one of the best. One of the best. Oh, Classic. I, went, I went down a deep Taking Back Sunday, like, nostalgia dive. I don't dive. think we need to, like, go last into that. Week, <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> Would you say it ended, like, kind of depressingly? Uh, <laughs> if you look into all their drama and all this stuff, it's it's got its ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's so funny because I also was in a ska cover band as well. Oh, wow. As, like, that's hilarious. Like, some hardcore bands, like loved that kind of music as well so yeah is that where you is that where you got the inspiration behind some of more your more recent logos because i can see that they kind of yeah they're like heavy metal logos. yeah i was never like a metal metal kid or playing in those bands but yeah i've definitely like picked up some stuff from that like those shows like i think when i go into the crowd it's because i saw a lot of bands where the guitarist would jump down and like get in your face so it's like yeah maybe that's what inspired me to like get into that that's sick (laughs) i always wondered why you did that because i was like yo this dude's just jumping in the crowd (laughs) yeah i just i feel like some of those shows i went to hardcore and like whatever screamo emo bands just were like so intense and like hanging from the rafters and the venue and like i don't know Mm. something about that chaos i always liked but Anyway, yeah. enough about me. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we're talking about when you were in high school, and weirdly enough, I know someone who went to that high school, but I can't think of the Oh, really? Name. And I'm trying to. Her first name was Sarah. School? I went to Parsons with her. Her name was oh. Sarah something. But wow. I'm guessing she'd be like a little older than you. Not much. But yeah, most likely. You would definitely have been That's in cool, high school at the same time. But I'm kind of trying wow. to think of it. And if I remember, I'm going to ask you. But yeah, for sure. Favorite band in high school? Um, honestly, like top of my head, I was obsessed with Avenged Sevenfold for most of high school. It was kind of weird because, like, the first two years of high school, I was still kind of into the band stuff and the rock stuff. So, Avenged Sevenfold was kind of like my number one. I was obsessed with them, and I loved Taking Back Sunday as well. And um, who else? I mean, those are, those are pretty much like the top two for sure. But um, awesome. 
Yeah, and then I, I, I discovered electronic music like towards the end of sophomore year in high school. Um, when um, Daft Punk, they put out Alive 2007. I had known about Daft Punk like since the first grade. Um, mm. I, I remember seeing one the One More Time music video on MTV in the first grade and I was like, holy moly, this is incredible. This is so sick. And then I ended up not rediscovering them up until Alive 2007. And that's like kind of what changed everything for me. I went from all the rock stuff into electronic and then after Daft Punk, discovered justice and like the ed banger crew mm. and then you know like steve aoki and all those dudes and so yeah that was that was kind of my high school nice i was able to actually see that alive 2007 show what where at, at red rocks it was crazy oh my goodness it was i remember big. seeing videos of that <laughs> yeah it was it was wild that's sick nice. definitely changed my like my like Yes. my brain <laughs> oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. the light show looked so crazy yeah it was wild but yeah wow. just the way they mix their songs together as well something yeah that was so like cool. yeah that was also like my first exposure to like i guess how well you could do mashups i never really mm -hmm. thought of like artists mashing up their own songs until they did an entire album of that and i was like whoa was like, yeah totally wow. i haven't seen yeah. anyone like do it to that level still but I, yeah. I feel like they inspired so many people yeah justice is um their their 2007 across the universe set was kind of similar oh yeah true yeah they're but, yeah, justice yeah. is cool yeah, they're big into justice <laughs> yeah as well but like if you listen was, back to it it's kind of i don't know listen to it again and tell me yeah. what you think yeah some, some is held up some is yeah. dated i mean mm -hmm. it was a definite like moment but it felt like very like mind-blowing at the time yeah at the time for sure like it felt so cool you know like just felt cool listening to yeah exactly mm -hmm. like edgy and <laughs> exactly yeah so i guess what was your first concert so my first concert like official concert that i would uh say would be um dead mouse in 2000 2000 2008 it was early 2008 um i was a junior in high school and dead mouse was touring and it was an all ages show at the 930 club in washington dc nice. and i was like i have to go but it's on a monday night and i had school the next day so i ended up bringing my dad with me and awesome. We like, yeah, we like waited in line. We were the first in line. We waited out there for like an hour and a half. And my dad was like next to me front row. Nice. And yeah, that was honestly an amazing first concert. Did your dad so enjoy it? Yeah, was your... He did. Yeah, he nice. did enjoy it. I feel like that was the first time I was kind of letting him into like my world, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he, he held up. He like... He wasn't just sitting around. He was very engaged, and I feel like after that, he's he was really he started listening to electronic music. Because a couple of years after that, he would send me like songs by David Guetta, and he'd be like, "When are you gonna work with David Guetta? When are you gonna, when <laughs> nice. are you gonna work with Beyonce?" <laughs> I was just like, "Dad, it doesn't work like that." <laughs> That's parents' vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why aren't yeah. you doing this? You're like, stop. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't get it. Yeah, you literally don't understand. I totally would if I could, but but you know they're trying. Like nothing stops. Yeah. Like <laughs> nothing is. It's not me stopping it. I guess for all these things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I should say yes to Beyonce. I didn't realize. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hit her up on speed dial. Yeah, yeah I should reply to the <laughs> messages. But what was your favorite concert? Favorite concert. Um. Wow. So, I feel like I have this written down. Um, so I, I feel like I had a, I have several favorite concerts, but one that kind of um, uh, jumps out to me is when I saw Odessa. This was like the second time I had seen them, but this was the first time I saw them with like their full production. They played at um, Terminal Five in two thousand fourteen, and yeah, that was that was life changing as well because. I think they had, what was that? I forgot what tour it was, but they were like really starting to get big and they were really putting a lot into the production. Mm-hmm. I think it was in return. Yeah. Yeah. The album yeah. And, dropped that year, I think. Um, yeah, amazing album. Um, and yeah, that's that also kind of changed the landscape of electronic music for me too, is because I didn't realize how much production you can put in. Totally. To like, yeah, so that was a really sick show. Awesome. Who played with them? I'm trying to think. Um, who played it with them? Casbo. Casbo opened. Oh, nice, nice. I believe it was. Yeah, it was funny because I was I was walking into the venue and two nights prior, Casbo had hit me up asking me for uh, this M Machine remix that I did, and I was like, I wasn't thinking about oh. it, but I was like, yeah, sure, just have it and then i walk into the venue and as i'm walking to the venue casbo's on stage playing it oh my god <laughs> i was like what's amazing going on yeah i like walked in with my group of friends and i was like guys that's me, me. <laughs> it's me that's <laughs> awesome feeling yeah so, so much fun so nice. speaking of like tour what is in your carry-on bag when you go on tour or when you fly yeah so basically my carry-on bag is anything I need to be able to survive if I ever got stranded. Nice. So something I started doing recently on my last tour run was bringing a pair of extra underwear. <laughs> no, that's a good and call. Extra. And socks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And socks. Um, like one time I was rushing to the airport. I think I was in Montreal or something, missed my flight, couldn't get a connection flight back home. And I had to reroute to Atlanta for a night, and mm. I had my extra pair of undies and socks, and saved me, saved my life. But um, aside from that, I have, you know, like I have my production hard drive, uh, my laptop, obviously. Um, I started bringing around a camera, and snacks. <laughs> what are your snacks? I always have snacks. Um, yeah. So I always need a balance between sweet and savory. So I would have something like roasted peanuts or like a Asian party mix. And then I would have like a bag of gummy bears or those cola gummies. Yeah. All time favorite. Haribo. <laughs> that is like, a, like an yes. alternative gummy <laughs> choice is the cola yeah. ones. Like that, like, yeah. that's like a, I never met someone who, who likes those. No, they're good. Oh, really? I'm like very like, intrigued by this I yeah like I, 
everyone I show them to, <laughs> everyone I show them to, they always like second. They they question it. They're like a I whole bag of, of the those, same flavor. Like I think it's because it's like I can only think of those wax things where you like bite off the top and then you right. like that's and that I know, but like that's what I think <laughs> of. Like I assume they taste like that, but I'm probably like, wrong. I feel like the <laughs> cola gummies are a little like thicker than the gummy bears or something maybe in my memory yeah they are they're like a little harder yeah <laughs> i don't know how too. to explain it no i know what you yeah. mean yeah the haribo there's yeah. a lot of varieties but just, there's yeah, so many varieties yeah. <laughs> that's like a good combination i love that yeah like, sweet and savory and salty yeah like, yeah gotta have both but yeah you never know when you're gonna be like stuck somewhere for exactly hours but uh, like, don't you miss it though i do miss, I it. Do I miss it. getting stuck at the airport i'll admit like it. It's, yeah it's like such a it's it's such a good problem to have mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like true but but yeah. honestly like when we travel you never bring any spare clothes or anything like i'm always like i always like <laughs> pack a spare outfit because like <laughs> you never know but you never bring anything i don't know i think that i bring just as much underwear and socks as i can fit because like no but in your carry-on like oh in your, never in your my carry-on you bring clothes <laughs> yeah. obviously you change i don't yeah you just bring like a bunch of like videos i just things. have a lot of <laughs> game boys and switch yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice do, do you, you bring, bring like actual game boys uh i have i have like quite a Thanks. collection of of weird handhelds <laughs> <laughs> nice but um do you have anything like random like that that you like maybe used to pass the time or oh man i'm trying to think um something not really you always have to have like kind of superstitious uh no i'm not like that <laughs> that's good yeah but i mean i'm I, i'm always like working on playlists so i can have something to listen to mm-hmm. on my phone so nice. i'm always constantly working on different playlists for different times of the day like i have a I have like a red eye playlist for when I have to be at the airport at like five AM and it's just like really chill music. Nice. But yeah. I'm 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 mostly like always trying to listen to music when I'm traveling. Nice. I like to yeah. feel like I'm in a music video basically. Oh yeah. Oh I like that. I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. Flying. Me too. Like whenever that's like a, yeah. my inner thoughts, whenever I'm listening to something and like doing anything, like I'm like I feel like I'm in a music video straight up. Exactly. Yeah. I like to know that you feel that way too because Yeah. Thought I was the only one. Um, I don't. I don't know if you posted those playlists anywhere, but you should. Yeah, I want to know your red eye playlist. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it. Maybe one day. Nice, <laughs> nice. And do you have any like tour stories, like your best show or your worst show? Um, man, there's. I want to say like it's my. I want to say it's the worst show, but there was a very interesting show that I did. Um as Hotel Garuda, so it was me and my partner. Um, we were we were booked to play this college show in like Southern Virginia. And there's not a lot going on in Southern Virginia, so I don't really know what to expect, but we pulled up to the show and the venue was a pizza parlor turned <laughs> bar. So like when we whenever we looked up from the stage I would just read the menus, like, read the menus across. <laughs> nice. It's so strange. And like, what made it like even more interesting was that we had sent the rider, like the technical rider. We needed specific equipment, like CDJs, all that. And this, they they brought a mixer and no CDJs. 
And so we were like, what do we do with this? So we ended up having to borrow a kid's laptop and play off of our USBs. And it was just like really stressful because we were using like a controller that we weren't familiar with. But um, we were able to get through it. But that was definitely one of the stranger shows I feel like I've ever played. And um, for like the best show, oh man, there's like so many, so many great shows, but... I'd say like the most recent one was actually um, the one we did at Pomona. Oh, nice! I think yeah, that one was honestly like that. Yeah, like coming the tour like did well, but um, it was kind of I felt like it was kind of losing steam towards the end. And then we we pulled up to Pomona, and they just like the kids were crazy there. Yeah, they I were... <laughs> all of the shows on the tour. I was like, wow, this must have been a crazy tour. <laughs> so. yeah no i mean yeah some of them were definitely like that it was it was pretty polarized like i played like a sold out show in boston and then like a couple weeks later I played some like somewhere in phoenix and i don't know just the energy levels were like so different but the the pomona show is definitely like a super memorable one just because everyone was just loud from the beginning of the night yeah that <laughs> was so a great, great show it's like yeah was that one of the last shows I've played? I feel like it's weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it was like last October. Yeah, that was like the last like true headline show I had. After that, I think I played like one or two festivals. Mm. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. <laughs> We've played one show this year. One show this year. And when I say we, I mean you. Well, <laughs> we, were, we were there. Yeah. But like, how do you Which cope? Show? Oh. Sorry. Uh, I played in the mountains of Colorado. What was it? was called oh. Ski DM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we thought it was Skidum for a long time. But... Ski DM. Yeah. Interesting. It was a fun show. Yeah. Nice. It was very. But if the weird. promoter, if you're listening, just call me. Yeah, we've got to talk. <laughs> um... Oh, no. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's for another time. Yeah. Another podcast. Yeah, it's a little another personal. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you cope with, like, on tour, like, that feeling of some shows being really good and some shows being really, like, you know, bad? Because I feel mm. like for anybody who goes on tour, even if you're not playing, like, you feel that, like, there some are, shows yeah, are packed. And, and then it's, like, so low. Mm. It's, like, really hard to cope with that in my yeah. opinion sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's honestly just kind of trying to set a reset button. Um, kind of realizing that, like, whatever just happened, just happened, and I could either, like, mope about it or look forward to the next show. And so I've come to find that look, looking forward to the next show and realizing that I kind of put my all into it is kind of what helps me keep going. I think what also helps is, like, having people around you, too. Um, touring alone is kind of difficult because if I have like a bad show i don't really have anyone to talk to i'm not trying to i'm not trying to have like a deep talk with a promoter <laughs> dropping me back at the hotel right mm-hmm. so like i think um having a crew or like yeah even just traveling with another person really helps with um coping with that because you guys can share the experience and sort of get it out of your system if you need to yeah i feel like also like we're always hardest on ourselves like mm-hmm. and when you're like just stuck on your own you're like beating yourself up but then yeah you're like oh i really messed this part up or something and everyone's like what like yeah i don't know what you're yeah, talking absolutely. about absolutely oh my god there have been so many times where yeah i'll like play a show and i'll come into the green room just like 
kind of upset at myself and I'd be like, oh, that did not go well. And then everyone's just like, dude, you killed it. Like, that was great. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it definitely, definitely helps to have people around. Yeah, I also think like it, with those shows where it's like, it, it's kind of a cliche, I guess, but like it really does. If you just play for the five people there, whatever people. Yeah, if it's not mm-hmm. that. If like, you just think about so- like, it's always like a good show if you just put everything into it, like you said. Absolutely. Like, um, I'm sure you've had some shows where it's like, you know, less than a certain amount of people, but it's like a better show than a yeah. huge show. Like, just it all depends yeah. on like so many different variables. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like what also helps too is that, um, like, if there aren't a lot of people in the crowd, you kind of just pick certain people that you're playing to because they're the ones responding the most. Totally. So I feel like focusing your energy on what's giving you energy back really helps. Because I've, I've made a mistake sometimes in the past of where I'll, I'll see someone in the front row not dancing at all. Yeah. And I will try my hardest to get them to dance. <laughs> yeah. And then I just like, I end up feeling frustrated because I never got them to dance. But then there's like 10 other people around them who are like having the time of their life. And I yeah. feel like it's easy to get lost in that because like, oh, those people are having fun. That's what's supposed to happen. Oh, this one person's not having fun. What the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah, I need to like. But they're not having. <laughs> Some people just don't like to dance. That's yeah. That's Which true. Is, that's like, yeah, they could show up at the merch table and be like, that was amazing. But it's like, yeah, like, I feel like <laughs> people are too afraid to dance a lot of times too. like, I honestly oh, see people yeah. dancing and I'm always like, people are so like, I feel like I'd be too self-conscious. So, like, you know, when you see people really getting into it, I want to yeah. be that person at a show getting like, really <laughs> into it. I don't know if I can. Yeah. This reminds me of this one show that I did. Um, I was, I was touring as Hotel Gerudo with Giraffage and we were in Europe and this is our first show of the Europe tour, and we played Helsinki, I think. Mm-hmm. And we played this jazz club, and I was like, okay, interesting jazz club. But we go up on stage. Actually, there's no, not even a stage. We just go up to the DJ table, and everyone's in front of us sitting. Like, there's, they had seats out. They had tables oh, out. No. <laughs> and they were just watching us the entire time. But, like, right after we finished, they all, like, clapped. And they were like very respectful and they came up to us and said how great of a job we did. And I was just like kind of mind blown about the difference between how like specific parts of Europe enjoy music versus how America enjoys music. Because a lot of the fans here, they feel like they kind of need to show that they're enjoying the music. But in Europe, I feel like they're, they're listening more. Totally. So I, I feel, yeah, I feel like when people aren't dancing, maybe they're just listening. So... I'm trying yeah, to like exactly. keep that in my head. No, yeah. it's it's like there's so many it's yeah, traveling around like there's so many different things that people do at shows, but And I mm. feel like Europe is one of those places where you can get like so disappointed. Like the shows can be so yeah. weird. Like I don't know, yeah. like we've been we've done some like weird weird European shows, but Like always- I I played a show with Giraffage Charlie at a coffee shop in the Netherlands, so like you know, like a weed place. Right. And there was two people there, <laughs> three people there, two two people attending, and the bartender. And at some point, the bartender the bartender left. Sound guy left. Oh, and nice. we were just like, <laughs> oh. it was so funny because we just played like the night before, sold out like theater with um, XXYYXX and Blackbird oh, wow. Blackbird. 
So the next day we split off to do a show, just Charlie and I, but it was like so fun. We were like requesting songs that each other would play. And it was just like wild, <laughs> but no, it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, even if like that happened, this happened too. We just have to roll with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. And then at that point, you might as well just enjoy the music coming out of the loudspeakers because that's all you kind of have. Totally. <laughs> Plus yeah. those two people were there and I'm sure that they were like so into it. Because it's always like yeah. the small or like less crowded shows that I feel like have the most like excited fans. Absolutely. I don't know yeah. how that works out. And it's way more intimate for them too. Like they, I, I feel like they they feel like it's more of a personal experience, which is really cool. Definitely. That's true. Like I can think of some shows I went to back in the day where the band must have been very disappointed, but I was like having the time of my life. But at the time, like, yeah. did you like feel like the band was disappointed? I don't know. Like I feel like I've never noticed a show not being like full or something. Well, honestly, I do remember a show that was at a weird warehouse and, and I, it's not worth going into. <laughs> the <laughs> band was Terramelos, this like math rock band. They're amazing. Okay. But I don't know. There was like four people there and um, it was fun though. That's <laughs> cool. I'm sure they would remember it. Like they would talk about it on a podcast as being their yeah. worst show. <laughs> but, you yeah. were the one guy there who really was excited. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do you do to overcome a creative block? Um, so I'm actually, I've always, I feel like I've always struggled with that and I've tried so many different things. Um, what I used to do was I used to sort of try to view the track in a different way. So what what that means is that like, I'd like stem out the track and resample it and, you know, like totally change the tempo and then throw in the audio files of what I worked on and then try to work on it that way. But if, if I'm feeling like completely blocked, I've come to realize that like taking a clean break from that song is what will help the most. And so, yeah, like kind of just shifting gears and doing something totally different and then coming back to that song kind of just whenever I feel like it is helping me get over the creative block. Um, lately in quarantine, it's kind of really difficult to do stuff like that. Um, I feel like one thing that helped me a lot in the past as well is like traveling and getting out there Mm -hmm. and like shutting my brain off of music. But now Mm -hmm. because we can't really go anywhere whenever I want, um, I've just honestly been playing a lot of video games. So yeah, like that's kind of what's been working with me is just kind of switching gears and doing something productive, but still not really in the same realm of creating nice i like the idea of like reworking a song but i I agree too like time away is always good Mm -hmm. um is there like a game in particular that you've kind of been able to escape with or like yeah yeah so um yeah so i like bought my first ps4 game for the first like my first ps4 game in like six months and it's um ghost of tsushima Oh, nice. Where you, yeah, like you're you're like a samurai and you're trying to regain your honor and save Japan essentially, and it's just like super immersive. Um, like the you build up technique points and you can customize your character. And I think the one thing that I love the most about it is how beautiful it looks, honestly. And it goes back to like being in quarantine and not being able to go out and 
look at things as often as I want to. Um, this game is set in like the 1700s of Japan. And so, you know, a lot of the land is untouched. There's a lot of like cherry blossoms, a lot of wildlife. And I think, yeah, I really gravitate towards games like that because I can get lost in it essentially. Nice. Yeah, but, I've, seen, um, I've seen that game. It looks amazing. I haven't played yeah. it yet. But oh, yeah, it looks incredible. so immersive. Yeah, it's super immersive. Um, but another game that I have also been playing was um, been playing this with my girlfriend. We've been playing Resident Evil on the Switch. Nice. <laughs> there's like a there's like a game mode where you can like you fight waves of zombies, and it's real nice to get my frustrations out. I guess. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm too scared of that. <laughs> I, have, I have no patience. We could never do that together. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty scary game. <laughs> but it sounds like that that particular mode is more just fun than scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's like a stressful. like the. It, it's stressful. honestly stressful at times. Yeah, I definitely am on my tippy toes sometimes. Sometimes it's good to get that heart rate up, though. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Honestly, I feel like we could talk for another hour but wait can i just ask one last question <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sure do you have any advice for any musicians who are just starting out um yeah actually um i think one thing that people should take into consideration when they're starting to work on music is really focus on what you're good at and focus on what you enjoy and not necessarily focus on what's hot or like what's gonna you know get you to the next level because i feel like building an identity from early on will really help you out in the long run because people know, will know exactly um they'll just like they'll be familiar with what you do and if it's something that you are like passionate about it will show in your music too and i think uh make if you're doing like electronic dance music make music that you can dance to um there's this like there's this one quote from uh tiga that I, that kind of re resonated with me a few years ago, but he said that, you know, if you're working on something in your room and you're dancing to it, odds are someone else out there is probably going to be dancing to it too. So I feel like a lot of, um, I feel like you can get rid of a lot of self-doubt by believing in that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, that's such good advice. It's like, it should be simple, but it's like hard to remember sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, honestly, like it's very simple, but as I feel like a lot of musicians are perfectionists as well, and we're always trying to push ourselves. But I think we always have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, it, you just yeah, just kind of keep it simple, and make oh. it danceable. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, like I we could keep talking for a long time, but I just we haven't talked a ton about like our track, but I just want to say like. It was so much fun working with you on that. I'm so excited about the song we made. And likewise, yeah. Wait, do you guys have a, do you guys have a favorite part of the song? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> I just want to know. Um, favorite part of the song, I I think it's the the bridge, kind of like the breakdown. The, it, it, there's like a sense of like something's coming and something's coming and something's coming, and then it finally releases. So I think that little uh, breakdown and build up to the second drop is my favorite part because there's a lot of a lot of like your drums are in there, 
and then I had that little like synth thing that I made, and I feel like that those two just like work so well together. Yeah, I love that the bridge part. I think yeah. I would say my two favorite parts would be the piano melody that you did. Mm. It's so pretty and amazing, Thank and you. I like the also the chop vocal that uh, um, was a sample, and you actually yeah that, that that yeah, was I, really I think sick, I helped actually. a lot with that so. <laughs> Wait, how did how did you how did you come up with that sample? It was just um, a splice sample, but uh, and then we just like kind of reworked the words and the melodies with uh, maybe just with logic pitch. Cool. I feel like weren't we just like joking listening through splice and then it just like looked yeah. Like yeah. I was super stuck. Um, so you yeah, me yeah, that's why I, that. I don't usually come uh, in and help you. So oh, uh, nice. Well, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, but no, I yeah, I just want to say how much fun it was working on that, like in quarantine this year. Um, yeah, it was, it was good to yeah bounce ideas back and forth. But absolutely. Um, yeah. So thanks so much. This has been really fun. I just wanted to make sure that you're able to like plug anything you want to, and also just like make sure people know where to find you. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm Manila Killer on Twitter. Manila Killer Music on Instagram. Um, nothing to plug right now, but I'm happy to say that I am working on an album and I will be continuing to be releasing singles, etc. until that happens. So, awesome. yeah. Nice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll include all those links in our like notes and on the site. But also, th- you have a Twitch stream, right? Um, I do. Is- Oh, yes. I forgot about that. I have a Twitch. Yeah, I, I stream on I stream DJ sets on Twitch every Thursday, mostly every Thursday at 8 p.m. Nice. Yeah, that's that's super fun. I was at one of the last ones. Check nice. that out, everyone. And stream our song. Yeah. Stream it. Closer to you dot me. <laughs> and by me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. Thanks so much for yeah, being you. on here. No, thanks for having me. It was awesome getting to talk to Chris, and yeah, that was fun. Very fun. Thank you to him for being a part of this. Yeah. So? Now I thought I could ask you a few questions. Me? Yes. Okay. Ask away. What is one thing that most people would know? Just kidding. What? <laughs> I'm going to ask you song questions. I'm going to ask you songs about... I don't know why I keep saying this. I'm going to ask you questions about the song. Okay. <laughs> so, what is... Maybe just any song. Like, what is the first thing that you do when you start working on a song? Maybe this song. Maybe any song. I guess, like, I open the program. I mean... <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, I mean, don't start okay. with like, I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I open the logic and I go. I open the logic. Make a track and I find the, I look for, I'm so bad at answering questions, I guess. I look for like a sound that I can get inspired by. Like, I don't know. I honestly don't have a particular way. Of starting I think that it's kind of hard to get going but I like when you got this song do you remember like oh yeah like, well he sent me like a, a version of 
a beat or track that he had already made. So I think what I first did was just kind of listen a bunch and listen to some parts that stuck out. And once he sent like the stems, um, just kind of went from there. Nice. And do you have any like, were there any times where you felt any sort of creative blocks and like, do you have any tips for overcoming that for like other people who are working on just any track that they're like, get to a point where they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Definitely. I think like it was a pretty smooth process, like sending it back a couple times, um, which was awesome. Sometimes collabing can be, I don't know, it's hard to like connect over the internet, mm-hmm. but I feel like I was getting stuck at one point on the vocal thing and I asked you to like listen to the song and you helped a ton. So I think like a new perspective or a person to listen or, you know, if you have someone that can check it out, fresh ears is always good. But yeah, and then we worked on like the vocal chops together and I really think the best advice I would have is like to have a dream angel. Okay. Well, that's, I wasn't even like fishing for that, but I just mean like if you get to any like in any song, like what do you do when you're I'm actually just curious, like what do you do when you find yourself struggling? I give up. <laughs> I close the program and I like go to YouTube. Don't you think that's helpful though? <laughs> no, it's well, maybe, but I think I'm really bad at this. And I think a lot of the guests we've had on our podcast have said really great things that I want to do. Like, um, but, you know, I'll, like, spend time away from the track or That's go good. for a walk. But yeah. it's it's hard when you're stuck. I think it's, like, writer's block is tough. It's even hard to, like, get yourself to do something helpful for yourself. Yeah. Like, when I'm stuck, sometimes I'm like, ah. And then I just, like, get really ADD and walk away. But. Yeah, like, either you try to force it or give up. But there's other ways. <laughs> and do you have any tips for people who are, like, collaborating with other people maybe during this COVID time? Definitely, yeah. Like, I think it's a good time to work with other people because we're all in the same boat. But I think one thing that I think I would advise, (laughs) one thing I would suggest is, like, just be more open to kind of, like, other people's ideas. And, like, I think it's um, a lot of times when you're collaborating on the internet, like one person will kind of stop the process. I think like one person won't feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it never goes anywhere. So I think that something we could do as producers or like collaborators, if you're a vocalist, whatever it is, just like kind of be a little more open to ideas so that you can keep things moving. And yeah, I don't know. Open communication is great. I think artists, all of us are very afraid of like, being honest and hurting each other's feelings but it can be really important just to be like I don't like this part I like this part you know without being mean like to keep things moving never shut down the conversation yeah, like if I were me like I have a feeling I would shut shut it down on accident so quickly like someone would send me something and I wouldn't know what to say so I'd just be like ah, I'm gonna go because I'm like the total like if I don't know what to say I just like don't respond sometimes I'm the same way and I think I've been learning a little yeah. more how to not do that but like I don't know I mean just being more open to saying yes and trying new things and just you know yeah, there's always like a solution to things like you can always work with someone I feel like to make it unless they're I don't know 
Not yeah. always. I'm just like feeling like for the most part, people are more open. Yeah. God, it's hard to. Not every. Email. I just imagining emailing it. It's like so hard. I don't Not know. everything is gonna work out, but everything can work out. Or you can make any song good if you try hard enough. Yeah. I don't know. Or if you just like take time away. Or you know, and if you send it to someone else, they can finish it. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help as well. But okay, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> this is good stuff. What is your most like used thing in your studio? Uh, let me see. I'm looking around here. The coffee mug, or I'd say this keyboard. Um, Which keyboard? No one else can see it. Oh, this keyboard. Not the typing one, but the musical one. It's a Panorama P4. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only instrument that I use most of the time because I'm just playing stuff on the computer through the keyboard. That's true. And... This is a question that... Oh, oh, the the mouse. Honestly, the mouse. (laughs) Yeah, and like your mouse is funny because sometimes you have to charge it and you have to charge it in a way where you can't use it. Yeah, thanks, Apple. Like I have to like plug it in the bottom, but you can't use it. But no, I feel like the mouse is like obviously used the most as an instrument because you're always editing, clicking and changing. But anyway, sorry. No, this is a question that I just really like and I asked. Chris, but I wanted to ask you too, and I already know this, but what is in your carry-on when you go on tour? Ooh, my carry-on, like my backpack? Yes. Okay, so I've got a laptop, a charger. Usually I have my laptop too, because you're <laughs> nice enough to carry mine. Your laptop. Um, anywhere from like one to five different game things. Like a, I'll bring my Switch, um, like a Game Boy, PSP maybe, Vita. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I think if it's a long tour, I always, like, want to have enough different games to play that I never end up playing. But, you know, they're there. I'll play some. But uh, I always bring, like, my OP1 because I'll use it on stage. And I... What else do you know? Like, drumsticks? I feel like you always (laughs) have, like... um, You always have, like, some, like, snack that you will never eat. Oh, like like sunflower seeds. AirPods. You always have like like almonds, like a thing of almonds that you'll never eat. It's an emergency protein pack. <laughs> it's still in the backpack. I don't know. It's hard to remember back that far like these days. I don't remember. You have like your... No, maybe you don't have that anymore. I feel like sometimes though, like I'll pack up your bag at the end of like the night after a show and I'm like, oh my God, like this is so heavy. What the hell is in here? And then there's like 17... Game Boys. And I'm like, <laughs> why is this here? I don't know. I mean, that's sort of accurate. <laughs> One time I was going through the airport in Phoenix and the TSA called me like electronics boy or something because I had so many batteries for the mask, game stuff, my laptop, an iPad. And they were just like, you have too many electronics. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> like on average, how many bins would you say you use once you go through security? Well, with the mask and all that, it's like four or five bins. I feel like... Snacks you have to bring out. Yeah, you got to put your snacks in. Honestly, it's helpful when we have both of us. When I do it myself, I'm like, ah. But honestly, I feel like I get... I feel like I take forever, but I'm always like ready before anyone else. Thank you, TSA Preacher. <laughs> I feel like we miss traveling so much. We should start a segment or something about... 
like travel. True. <laughs> missing travel. I think it's fun to ask, like we asked Chris about, because we all are missing this this tour life. So. Like, what's the first thing you do when you get to a hotel? Uh, turn on HGTV. That's so true. <laughs> Except in Europe, I feel like in Europe it's always like. Turn on whatever we can, BBC. No, like we look for like the most like, I don't know, relatable thing. Which is never BBC. And do you have any advice for musicians who are just starting out? Well, yeah, I mean, similar to the the like remote collabing stuff, I, I guess something I always think people need to hear more of is like that you can do it. <laughs> like just do it, Nike, like everyone starts at the same place and everyone doesn't know what they're doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but you know, you just do what you can and put it out there. Nice. Like nothing's perfect. Nobody's art is perfect. They would tell you that as well. So yeah, just like put yourself out there and it's tough, but that's all we're all doing, you know, like mm -hmm. any artist you admire out there, they just took a little step of faith and we're not, no one's good enough to do what we're doing. So just do it. You are good enough. Yeah, exactly. But no <laughs> one's qualified. Right. Like no one is. Unless you went to like Clive Davis or something. Okay, fine. Juilliard, you're good. But <laughs> yeah, I guess the point is like no one, don't wait to do it, especially like this year is such a weird year. But don't wait. Like just if you're stuck at home, make music. If you're stuck at home, start baking. Well, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, do it. Oh, yeah. This is for artists, for musicians only. For any artist. Do both. And don't like feel bad if you haven't started yet. Yeah, start tomorrow. Start today. Start right now. What are you doing? Start. Go open GarageBand on your computer and make a song. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, thank you for asking me questions. That's fun. I'm going to have to ask you some questions soon. Maybe we'll do an episode uh, special about you. I think that, like, I'm so good at dodging questions about myself that that would just be a disaster. <laughs> if, if you Play Pals want to hear a Dream Angel special, just tweet about it, comment, and or tell us in the Discord. <laughs> but speaking of the Discord, we have to tell you guys about our Patreon. And this is patreon.com slash slow magic. This is where you can become an official imaginary friend and ask us a question that we'll answer on air, as well as a ton of other perks on Patreon, such as unreleased music that I've been putting on there. Um, what else? A ton of stuff. <laughs> videos, like you showed your studio. Studio tour videos. You do um, feedback for songs. I'll do personal calls to talk about your songs if you want. Um, and we have a Discord, exclusive Discord, with about 100 amazing imaginary friends. That's like the most fun place to hang out on the internet. I'm pretty sure Definitely. it's a fact. Yes. But we want to answer a question from one of our patrons so this one comes from make believe and he asked back in may sorry it's a late answer i don't know how we missed this one what extracurricular activities were we both involved in when we were in school nice 
Do you want to start? Um, well, cards on the table. I was not a big extracurricular activity person. Like, I went to art school and you really didn't need a bunch of extracurricular activities to get into art school. So, I did do like, when I was younger, I was on the swim team and I did a school play one year, maybe just one year, maybe two years. I don't know. And in the summer times, it's really extracurricular in my head. I did like flower arranging and I don't know, stuff like that. That's a lot of stuff. Not really. That's cool. I mean, does it have to be school related? I have no idea. I mean, that's like clubs or... I My school was so small, there wasn't that many like extracurricular activities. Like my graduating class had 14 people in it. So I don't know. School wow, felt nice. like an extracurricular activity. What about Didn't you? Didn't you go on like True. trips and camping and stuff? Yeah, they made us camp. Like it was awful. Camping is so, like, I talk about this canoe trip that I had to go on, which was so hard. Like, we had to canoe everywhere. And, like, I sound like I'm complaining because I am because it was, I was never, I had to paddle the entire time. Like, it was just two of us to to a canoe. And for some reason, I was the paddle person. And I was, like, 13 or 14 years old. And I had to paddle the entire five days. Just you and another person? Yeah, with like in but, a canoe, and like we took breaks when they like told us we could take breaks, and they wouldn't switch. They off. were like, "No, I mean, I don't know if I could steer. I don't even know. Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't <laughs> did, even question uh, it." Did other people enjoy it though? Yeah, but like I was forced into it because you would rate your choices one through however many encounter weeks they were offering, and like there was like other options. Like you could do, I don't know, like go to Sundance Film Festival, which I did one year. And, like, not all of them were overnight. Like, some of them were just, like, other stuff, like, art-related ones or whatever. But you have to do one overnight a year. And that so, sounds cool. <laughs> well, the, it could be. Like, there were painting ones. But I got stuck on canoeing, and it was so hard. And the person I was stuck in the canoe with did not like me, which made it so much worse. And we had to canoe to, like, our next destination. So it would be, like, canoeing for, like, five hours a day. And if you're not a canoe, I'm not going to. I complain about this so often really like stuck with me isn't it technically just a curricular activity though i guess i think it's just like an activity because it was part of your curriculum like they would make us hike at the beginning of the school year like go on a big school hike but my parents never made me go thank you mom and dad like that i guess those were all like curricular activities you had a cool school but i had a pretty cool school like i had an actual class which was history of rock and roll which was taught by my band teacher, and it was just a bunch of like kids who didn't want to take a real class, and we would learn about music. That's not extracurricular. No, I know, but I was just telling you, like my yeah. school was cool too, but some extracurricular activities I did were marching band, which was before school, <laughs> and I played drumline, um, which Wait, was- Wait, was that part of marching band? Yeah, I, I played the drums that's what I, in marching band. <laughs> My school had no bands. No, no. But that's what I enjoyed. I, I don't think I would have been a marching band if I wasn't drumming because that was fun and cool. Oh, true. Well, <laughs> if you had to play another instrument in marching band, what would you do? Uh, like baton? I'd quit. 
I don't like know. You have to choose one. I would not want to like blow on a trumpet and march around. That seems really difficult. So that's not an answer. You have to shout choose out one. to anyone who can do that. I would play guitar. I guess. In marching band. I would conduct. Okay. Because that was the true band nerd calling was the conductors. Damn. That was like the top if you're, tier. If you're like a band conductor out there. But like they were students as well, but they were like the nerdiest ones doing the conducting. But were they cool? No. <laughs> okay, so besides that, really, like, I think that any kind of extracurricular activity I did was somewhat related to band or music, like band concerts, jazz band. I was not very big on sports and... Marching band seems like kind of a sport, though. It's athletic. Some wanted it to count as PE. I think it should have. But anyway. Like you like had to like do your foot thing and like march and I don't know. Didn't you have to run back? A lot of, I mean, we were carrying like a 50 pound drum or whatever, how many ever pounds it is. But anyway, that's the only thing I did. But I don't know. Is that the answer that I should, is that the question? Yes. Yeah. Marching band. Nice. And regular band. Oh, yeah, but that was in school. That was oh. a class. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why most of my classes were banned that I could do that were, like, not math and all those. Gotcha. So, anyway, thank you, Make Believe, for asking us that sweet question. And I want to give a special shout-out with Dream Angel to our VIP members of the Patreon, starting with Aerodynamatic. Anderson Pierce. Ellie Mullins, Joey Weinberg, Kayla Smith, Lex Gabardine, Neil, Riven, and Wave. Thanks, guys. You are the best. So, with all that out of the way, I think that means that we're done with Thanks the episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening, and please go check out mine and Manila Killer's song on the internet now and the rest of the ep and please subscribe and rate this podcast on itunes or podcast places that we don't know about and yeah let us know that you listened we'd love to know like it's so exciting when we hear that people have listened and yeah thank you so much we just love you like a brother and a sister good night